No, the uh, Steam. Do you talk to people on Steam? I didn't even realise that. I mean, I know that you can like be friends with someone on Steam, but I didn't think it was a place that anyone went to chat. Dreads just very in demand, you know. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, um, yeah, well, so having established that Trent is the most popular person on this cast, welcome to... Is this episode 20? Are we at 20 now, or is this 19? Yeah, I think it's 19. I'm pretty sure it's 19, because I think I looked in the car at our last one and was like, wow, 18 episodes, huh? Yeah, you're right. Not yep. bad. That's about se- 17 more episodes than the average podcast yeah, I runs mean, for, so... There was, there was a bit of a hiatus in between. Uh, <laughs> you know, we... We're counting this as the same podcast as the one Kyle and I used to do, but yeah, we'll say we'll say nineteen. So welcome to episode nineteen. Uh, I'm here. I'm Ian. I'm here with Trent and Dan, as usual. Good to be here. We tried to drag Kyle in, but we couldn't get him this week. So he's too busy playing magic. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Actually, <laughs> there you go. That was, that was for you, Kyle. <laughs> We'll get back on the tables again soon. Mate, he's not even on the fucking page anymore. Get him out of here. He's done. The prodigy. Uh, I did try to convince him to play modern this upcoming week, but apparently he has a social event or something, which... <laughs> lying again. Is that just... you mean play modern just at good games or something, or is this... When's the actual qualifier? When's the season end? Yeah, so, all right, let's... We're gonna we're gonna do it backwards. So normally we start with what we have been playing, and then we move on to what we're gonna do. We're gonna this week just to mix things up. We're gonna go backwards. So next Saturday is another one of the Good Games Greensboro uh, seasonal qualifiers. So we talked about this a fair bit last season, and we talked about my woes playing sealed and Dan's incredible opening ability and the and your ability to pilot Greentron successfully into multiple teammates. <laughs> yes, yes, very good I think I've qualified twice now for this current one So that's good Well yeah, so Trent and Dan, you both already qualified Because I think Trent, you qualified through a draft the first week And then Dan, you qualified in the Highlander week Now I also qualified in the draft week by playing That, that guy who was his first ever game of live magic So that was good you know, the, the, the stakes are high They've since done, I believe they did a standard one, and they've done a modern one, and they're closing out the season with two more moderns. So one this week and one next week, and then there's a week off, and then it's the the season championship is on the 20th, 20th of June, I believe it is. It's a few weekends away, it's Sunday the 20th of June. Oh, so ages away, okay, alright. <laughs> the 20th? Why? You're joking. Oh, no, another wedding? Uh... <laughs> I'm definitely busy that day. Yeah, I think I've got like a 30th or some shit. No, but the 30th wouldn't be during the day, will it? Surely not. Yeah, but my 30th on a Sunday evening would also be bad, right? Like, What's, what's going on, Trent? This is premier competitive tabletop magic. What more could you ask for? It'll be modern. They've announced the final was going to be modern as opposed to sealed last time. And they've also... Makes sense because modern had the biggest turnout last season for them and they've got three modern qualifiers... Oh, 100%. Like, 90% of the stuff that gets played at the store is modern, isn't it? They've got a pretty good modern crowd there. That's my understanding. Do we like modern? Well... It seems fine. Is there a deck... Can you guys give me a... I asked this in the chat the other day. I need a deck to play. If anyone has any 
deck lists that's out there listening that would like to send them through? Pretty sure I've posted multiple deck lists for you to look at, sir. Yeah, and I already no, I looked at those. They're good. I just want more suggestions. Yeah, so you can borrow an Ephemerate Brew from Trent, which will be pretty good, but definitely not the best deck in the format, but fun. And will not surely will not be a deck to just pick up on the day it's and play. definitely right? not the best deck in the format. What do you mean, not the best deck in the format? No, but it has zero results. What do you mean? Have you played it? <laughs> no, you haven't. So don't right, go well, don't go putting words in my mouth. Uh, you don't know. Never get between a man and his ephemerate. I mean, I love ephemerate. I played a lot of ephemerate. Yeah, fucking oath. Even though I'm not playing ephemerate next weekend. Yeah, well, that's because you're a coward. That and that and I can just borrow all of blue red prowess, which is the de facto best deck. Right. As I said, you're a coward. That's fine. Yeah, that's uh, no. Don't get near that. That's we don't we need something spicier than that. Thank you. I think I'll just have a look at all of the latest against the odds modern videos and pick one of them. Imagine, imagine going to a modern modern event and actually like wanting to win. I'd like to actually qualify for the. Uh... None of the decks that win are fun. Like, uh, I'm going to try and put Khan on the battlefield on turn three. Bored. I'm going to play a bunch of one-drops and take my opponent really fast. Yeah, let's have a look at the against the odds list that have been played lately. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. But winning's fun, though. Is it? I don't know. All right. Winning's fun with something on the line. There's nothing on the line. What do you mean there's nothing on the line? I haven't qualified for the final yet. What does the final do, though? What What does it even do? It has, I don't know, it has... It's just another tournament, right? No, 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 but then, yeah, then you get to the $1,000, man. Yeah, but eventually there's $1,000. Eventually. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you, oh, 1000 yeah, bucks. Yeah, if you, if you... The big dough? Win this. Like, Shane, he's qualified for the final one. He's got 1000 bucks on the line. And that'll be a draft, for sure. No, it'll be modern. Oh, no, no, 100% it'll be a draft. The, um, the, uh... The Don, Don Hoodie and Shane from the faction will make sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don Don Hoodie. All right. Okay. Of these two lists, what do you guys reckon? We've got Oops All Fins. I'm going to need you to give us a link so we can... we Because can, I... Funnily enough, Oops All Fins, I don't immediately know the 75. <laughs> but it's got Finn the Fang Bear. It's got Kazandu Mammoth, Love Struck Piece, all the good stuff. You guys know those cards. Yeah, but I wouldn't have thought to put them in a modern deck. Sounds awful, Moffat. Yeah. Well, how about, are you guys familiar with the cards, The Circle of Loyalty? It was one of the, the top performing cards of Eldraine. And uh, there's, a, there's a good modern list with that in it, playing a bunch of knights and The Circle of Loyalty. We'll post links in the, uh, in the, uh, in the show notes for anyone who wants to play these. I think, I think we'll, we'll post links once Dan goes out and posts some results with them. Okay. Until then, you could you can go search for MDG Gold Vicious against the odds. Yeah, exactly. I'll um yeah, well I've got my Mana Traders account live now from the Highlander tournament, so I'll rent these decks and see if I can make anything happen. That's our that's our Patreon stretch goal. That's a higher tier on the Patreon is you get to watch Dan play absolute jank decks through leagues. Oh man, that'd be good. Yeah. Just watch my cube. Mm. Apparently, uh I had a discussion with Trent. RE Cube on uh, Friday night over some beers, and I reckon Hex Drink is the uh, most broken card in any cube, and Trent disagrees. So, wasn't this Legacy Cube though you were drafting? It was Legacy Cube. 
Hex drinkers. It's. I kept saying it's a it's a one drop progenitus. It's off the chart. He's giving me all this logic and you know mana efficiency and I, it's a lot of mana. Um, no, so no, no, no. I just want to say that this Upsal Fins deck is a standard deck. Oh my bad. Okay. <laughs> so you can play it in modern, but. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of once I played in a uh, GP and I just bombed. No, was it a GP? Maybe it was, I don't know what it was, some big uh, event in a hall and I bombed and ended up playing down in the lower brackets against a kid playing a standard deck and I was playing Eldrazi Tron <laughs> and he nearly got me. <laughs> I was like, this is really bad. So there you go. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Anywho, good games, Greensboro. Did you say? Did you did you say something about Hex Drinker? Yeah, we were talking about Hex Drinker before. You you, I think you were you're in the middle of saying how good it is. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound like me. It's funny because I would have thought Trent that that was your kind of card. It was good though. I, I feel like I learned a lot. No, I did. I did. I did. It's it's how I learn. You yell at me for long enough, and I just slowly take it in over the next three days. <laughs> I didn't yell. I didn't, excuse me, I did not yeah. yell. My understanding is you were playing Highlander while this was going on? Yes, Mike was playing Highlander with Trent. How did that go? Good, crushed him. Take that, Mike. <laughs> we put him in the bin. This is how it works. Last week we praised Swanee and we're talking him up and this week, now you get the other side. Yes, for anyone uh, playing at home, we were... Uh, we went out to Tallboy and Moose in Preston, which is a bar, and um, yeah, bought along our magic decks, bought some Highlander, bought some, um, uh, what are Swanee's type two standard decks, some of the most powerful standard decks of all time, and uh, yeah, just duked it out with each other, it was good fun. I was trying pathetically to play Psychotog against uh, Shane on Astral Slide, which... Uh, that matchup's is- unwinnable. Yeah, it felt that way. Yeah, no, I played yeah. that against I played against Kyle at the last faction invitationals in that matchup and okay. there's like nothing you can do as the psycho dog player. It's well, that's not true. That's not true. You can win so long as they never resolve Astral Slide. As soon as they resolve Astral Slide, you're never dealing the damage again. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much how it played out. And it's not the kind of deck <laughs> whenever I play one of those standard type two decks and it's got like Burning Wish or something in it, I'm like I don't, there's clearly a reason that this is in here and you're supposed to be doing something with it. But I don't know what it is. Um, and just try and hit him with Psychotog. But yeah, that was good fun. Oh, actually, no, that's why I, I did play Psychotog, but I also played Reanimator against Astral Slide, which... Oh, that's cool. That's No, but it's even worse because, again... Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Except you don't have counter spells, so they put an Astral Slide down and then your Reanimator deck <laughs> stops working because... <laughs> yeah. Completely play yourself. Hmm. Yes. This is, by the way, so this is, Mike Swan has a fantastic collection of old Type 2 decks, as Dan alluded to, or old standard slash Type 2 decks from different eras that are kind of like a gauntlet and you can play them against each other. And it's very interesting playing all these historical decks, especially for me and I suppose Daniel the same, where we were playing during the time when those decks were around. Not even close. Yeah, some of those. I mean, like, they've got, you know, Raffello's Guy's Cradle in, in the green deck with Hermit Druid and stuff. Like, just some 
Absolute insanity. I still don't know, and no one unfortunately plays Paper Standard, but I'd love to put those decks up against, I don't know, Demir Rogues, whatever, like modern standard decks where the creatures are just so off the charts powerful compared to, I mean, Psychotog's good, and I'm, you know, I realise there's a way to play it, but like when you put a Psychotog next to something like Questing Beast, I mean, Questing Beast just gets the job done so quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I'd definitely be interested. I have no idea how they would fare because you're right the creatures are much better now yeah they would certainly stand not a chance in hell against what is supposed to be in standard right now you know if you had the actual deck with once upon a time oko everything in there it depends a lot on which depends a lot on which standard you're talking about because there were standards where people died on turn two you know so oh yeah for sure yeah i guess that's true isn't it and uh, I guess the, the I guess yeah the deck that no one plays in there anymore is uh, Necropotence because that actually is just off the charts. So yeah, so yeah, and the sideboards were a lot better back then as well. Uh, depending on your matchup, like it would have those circle type cards and things that are like if your opponent even thinks about playing a black thing, it will just not resolve ever, or you know everything dies or like burn all of their forests or whatever it's like yeah yeah Yeah, it's uh (laughs) they certainly they knew how to do the hate back then it was good yep so that's what we did we also played i know dan you i think you played one match of highlander in the league and i played a couple well i played one and a half matches yeah you'll probably be much better qualified to talk on this league. I have had, I just had a really disjointed experience with it and it's not the fault of the people running it, but every one of my opponents, one guy was from Berlin, two are from the US, different parts of the US. Um, I just had a lot of trouble matching up my matches with them and kind of then just would like, by the time it got around to finally playing a match, would be completely against my terms, like I would be at work you know, with people knocking on my office door while I'm trying to, like, smash out a super complex Highlander deck. Yeah. It just didn't... Nothing really lined up about the tournament for me. So I've actually ended up just having to kind of drop because there was just... Yeah, I just kept kind of getting paired with people that I couldn't... And that's that's partly my fault as well. Like, you know, I've you've got to be able to be pretty open for... This is a big tournament. There's hundreds of people... It's international. You can win a mox. Like, of course, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to be in a tournament like this. But I just found that with my own kind of schedule, it was very hard to do. But how about you, Ian? Yeah, I've found similarly... For me, the biggest thing has just been that the awkward situations are the ones where, like, we have... Especially, this is mostly with international... uh, Well, this is entirely with non-Australian players, but where we have two available time slots that work for both of us, and one of them is like a significant disadvantage for me, and one is a significant disadvantage for my opponent because like one of us is going to have to play at eleven p.m. at night on or something, and it's that's not you know I've I've played lots of like PTQs that start at two a.m. so it's not inherently a problem, but the issue is that there's no like clean way to decide which of us has to play while we're quite tired and half asleep, you know? Yeah, and it's also because you're expected to be like. Not a master negotiator, but, you know, good enough to negotiate with a complete random, you've just met that kind of thing. Whereas with the PTQ, the situation you're talking about, Wizards or whoever's organising it has said, this is the time that suits the people in America, so if you want to play it, go ahead. If you don't, don't. 
um, so you can you know plan your, your time around that and just turn up and play. Yeah, for sure. This week I've actually already organised my games. I got paid against a pair of Queenslanders, and they're both quite free. And I've just like teed up both of my matches for a nice evening time slot, like a seven pm game after I got home from work, which is very nice. So I'm excited about that. I am now two two, so I lost to a four color blue pile essentially it, it had witherbloom apprentice and chain of smog but it was basically a fair pile and i didn't play particularly well i don't think um some interesting games again i went back and reviewed it and there were lots of decisions and then i won against red black aggro where my opponent turned up late and got a game loss and then i beat them quite easily and the one sideboarded game just nice you know especially because i'm not sure what the official tournament ruling would be on game like getting a game loss before game one starts on whether you get to sideboard or not. But we did sideboard, which just meant that I had, you know, quite a lot of cheap interaction and oh, sure. I knew he didn't have very much interaction for my combo, which it didn't take that much to set up. Mm, nice. Very cool. And do you know what opponents you're up against the Queenslanders, uh, what decks they're playing? A mono red deck and a four color humans deck. So, on the plus side, they won't be anywhere near as complex games as the Blue Mirrors. Yes, but... But I also don't feel very confident about them. just get run over. (laughs) Cool. The Four Colour Humans deck is cool. Yeah, I didn't realise there was a... I mean, I guess there's pretty much whatever anyone wants to have, but I didn't realise I have not seen a Humans list in Highlander. Is that a popular archetype, or...? Uh, It's been around for a while. Popularised by... Can see the face, Gene Holland, I believe. He played uh, four color humans and then four color legends, and now I believe he's got a hybrid. Yeah, I think this was a this was a hybrid as well. I think it had Mox Amber in it, but it was it looked like all humans. So. Huh, that sounds very very cool. I would like to see that one. Yeah, it was definitely a cool deck. Nice. It's just um, what's the card called? It's a like Saskia or something. Oh, or the other. one that you choose an opponent and do double damage to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was my first ever commander deck. It was a Saskia precon. It's got some nice. It's got a bunch of commander s cards from those um, like the Maru legendary guys, like haste, vigilance, one one, and it gets experience counters and it can ping to deal. Uh. Damage you could do experience counters or some shit. It's really quite a powerful card. It gives a lot of mana docs a lot of headaches. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely quite cool. And I was, I definitely looked at it and was like, this is a really interesting deck, which is kind of what I'm here for at this point, because, like, I'm 2-2, I'm so I'm basically either running for top 8, and I'm mostly just here to have fun. And I was... Honestly, I'm probably not going to bother trying to play late at night, and I'll just concede or drop. Yeah, yeah. So. I should probably, yeah. I'll clarify that. Although I said, um, I'll like I've dropped. I haven't actually literally pressed the drop button, so I will check what my opponents do. They have time to play a game in a somewhat reasonable time slot, and if they do, then I probably still will end up playing it out. Because um, I yeah. never really got to in the tournament that that deck. Um, although it did it good games, the the deck never shone uh, online uh, in the tournament. So I'd be interested to see if I can get it uh, get it happening. It was very very fun to play. 
I'm quite glad. Well, I'm not glad. Like it obviously, it sucks that you guys are having issues with time slots and that. But I am quite glad that I chose not to play because I just figured that this would be an issue. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, had I have had the issues, but then gone and like absolutely smashed my opponents, I'd be feeling very differently about it. Like. It, it was sure. when you have those issues and then you go on to lose while people yeah, are knocking yeah, on your yeah. office door. It's like, that's more when it's kind of like, eh, feels bad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I sort of moved on now and I'm now looking at Modern to play Modern on Saturday, which will be fun to play in paper. List is in the chat. Nice. Yeah, so I will be... This is the screenshot that you've you've put there, Trent, with... I don't know, I'll put it there like a okay, week ago. Cool. I told, told people that it was good. Yep. And um, is that what you're playing, Ian, or you are just playing Blue-Red Prowess? No, I mean, I play Blue-Red Prowess. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're shit, though. Mostly because I have access to Blue-Red Prowess. Do you have all these cards, Trent? Uh, I guess so. I can't even remember what I printed. So what I put in I'd, I'd have one of of almost all of these, but I'm pretty sure I have almost all of it. Oh, it's so easy to just borrow all of blue red, and blue red will be so much easier to play. <laughs> yeah, people will be ready for it though, and the fact, yeah, I guess if you just need to win, play what you think will win. I do think it's the clear best deck based on the results it's put up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did play against it. Um, against Riley was on it and uh, soundly beat me at one of the good games qualifiers. So seemed oh, seemed good. Oh. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, unless I was horribly mistaken. He definitely had red creatures that were prowessing. So I will admit that part of the appeal of it is that I'll find time for a league or two this week because I expect the leagues to take less than ninety minutes. Oh, the league modern leagues take a long time nowadays. Well, no, but just that the games will be so quick playing prowess. Oh, sure. Compared to, like, this ephemerate list takes, it takes a while to close the game out. Yeah, okay. And I played a lot of ephemerate, and it's great, but it, it's not fast. Games don't go for that long. I mean, there's only, there's only three creatures in your deck with more than, no, four creatures in your deck with more than two power. Doesn't matter when you take all the turns. Yeah, but that's that's a lot of clicks to like take all the turns. Uh, sorry, oh, I won't. I won't tell you what you should and shouldn't do again. I do think this deck is sweet, and possibly I'll play Paralysis on Saturday and be absolutely miserable, and I'll come and play Ephemerate the week after. Yeah, you do you, my dude. So I'm looking at this list that um, I'm guessing this is the the one that you just posted there, Ian, in the chat. Is that is that the Legends like the humans deck that you faced? Yes, so that's the deck I'm playing against later this week. It's humans slash legends. Okay, can can Good someone book. please explain to me how and what planet Izamaru, Hound of Conda, is a good card? It's not. Okay, so that's just in there, what, because it's <laughs> legendary or something? Like, it seems terrible. Like, yeah, it doesn't well, do anything. It's an aggressive one-drop. It's an aggressive one-drop that also turns on your Mox Hammer. Wouldn't, like, I don't know, there's like a million one-drops that seem better than that. Oh. Yeah, I guess it turns on your Moxander, though. It's like, it's like Goblin Guide that turns on your Moxander. It doesn't have haste. <laughs> but I guess it doesn't yeah, but... put lands for your opponent either. But yeah. Um, yeah. 
don't know. I tend to agree with Trent. It's not a good card, but it does fit the strategy. Yeah. But also, this is why I'm not playing this sort of strategy in Highlander, because I'd like to not play bad cards. Yeah, okay, cool. I was just hoping that one of you, like, uh, I guess I was either hoping for you to say, yeah, no, no, that is a reasonable uh, reading of that card, or no, dude, there's this, like, reason why it's really good somehow. I'm thinking, I'm like, it doesn't get bigger or do anything. Just a one mana two nope. two. Hmm. Oh, I've got nothing to add. Yeah, okay. Seems cool. Some cool. If you're playing a Samaru in modern, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, no, 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 this is the Highlander deck. It seems even okay, worse. If you're playing a Samaru in Highlander, you're yeah, doing like, it wrong. Yeah, it seems. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'd love to find out from. Uh, who's who's the guy that made this deck? David Ellis. I'd love to find out why he put that in there. Is that got the green three drop from Champions whenever you play a legendary card, draw a card? And yes, Tambor? it does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess it's hard to find a one mana legendary creature that isn't. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's but, why it's an enabler. But no, no, no. But like, I'm looking at the creatures, and it seems like only half of them are legendary anyway. There's loads that aren't legendary. Dark comp. Yeah, that's because they, they do it. The yeah, stuff. The best of the best creatures aren't generally legendary. No, that's right. That's right. The exception of like Uro. Oh god, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it is definitely a hybrid. You know, there's human synergies and there's legendary synergies and also just Archon of Amiria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. Reiki. Archon of Amiria is one of my favorite cards to watch people play in Vintage. Because yeah, most Vintage yeah. decks just can't beat it. They have, like, maybe two bolts. Maybe, if they're red. Oh, yeah. And apart from that, they just can't beat it. So you put an Archon in play and then just, like, chip in for two a turn. That'll get it done. Yeah, nice. I mean, they could just like path it, right? <laughs> I guess do something. But no one's no one's playing path and vintage, so that's what I'm saying. Vintage decks usually have like maybe two point removal spells. Yeah. So if you ever resolve the archon, it just it's very good. What a wacky format vintage is. Yes. Yes. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if everyone could just play it. That'd be good. I think I'd like I'd give it a crack. You know, imagine if one of those qualifiers was vintage, right? Like, how fun would that be? Be awful. You wouldn't be able to play. No one has a card. No, no. I, I'm saying if they, if you could, like, if the cards weren't a million dollars, like, that'd be super cool. Like, oh. As a format, I'm saying it's kind of it's a cool way to play the game. It's so different. Is but, it? Yeah. Oh. I think it's cool for a little bit, and then it quickly. It, I don't know. I think it has more. You have to accept more swings. Or the swings you have to accept are much wider in terms of sometimes your opponent just has a genuinely unbeatable hand that kills you on turn two yeah. or turn one. Yeah. Watching a... So once you accept that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like watching a bit. I might that was my initial thought would be like it's a did you do you have it kind of format, but I don't know. I seem to watch loads more games that go for half an hour and, and yeah. end up getting, as you say, won by someone finally resolving a two three. And just I have seen some cool in. vintage games. So. Yeah. So the other thing that's happened this week is we've started getting Modern Horizons spoilers. So we've got less half a dozen, maybe ten different spoilers. Have either of you been following these much? Uh, not overly. Uh, I did have a look at that grief card and the way that it interacted with Ephemerate, which I saw uh, you like a post or whatever on Twitter oh, for. Yes. And I definitely thought, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, yeah, just having a look now, it looks like there's a lot more 
<laughs> I'm so silly. I was like, wow, there is a lot of uh, spoilers on MTG spoiler for, on Mythic spoiler for Modern Horizons 2. And then I'm like, Urza's back in this one and Echo of Aeons. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm looking at Modern Horizons Not quite. 1. Not quite. So they've announced that there'll be uh, Modern Horizons 1 old border reprints in collector's boosters in foil and etched foil only. Yes. Yeah. And the etched foil is a big question mark over the head of that because if it's anything like the etched foils in Mystic Archives, um, they're pretty bad. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, it looks looks cool. It looks like... Do you feel like they are somewhat... I don't know if they just spoil these kinds of cards early, but do you feel like they're leaning really hard into the whole like hey, there was a cool old card that you used to like and now we're going to make a kind of crappy version for modern. Does, do you feel like that? Because uh, I'm just looking through the list now and I can see three cards that are like that. At least four. No, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think those cards all got spoiled at the same time and were very intentionally. Here's some new designs inspired by old cards. Okay, all right. I guess it's only a few cards maybe in the whole set. Yeah, so there's Richard and Dockhand, which is the one mana. One, two, it's a blue Merfolk and it has the Richard and Portability to tap down lands, and there's a Diamond Lion, which is, you know, Lion's Eye Diamond, which is like a, it's a bear, it's a 2 mana 2 2 with Lion's Eye Diamond text, and there's a Brainstone, yeah. which is a 1 mana artifact that you pay 2 and sack it to Brainstorm. Fantastic artwork on that card. It's kind of creepy. But yeah, it it's like a little jar head with a candle coming out of the top, maybe. Um, the other one was the Flame Tongue Yearling, which is a lot like oh, a yes. Flame Tongue Kavu. That card's really cool. I don't know if it'll see any play in modern, but yeah. So it's a red, red two one with multi kicker two, and it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each time it's kicked. And then when it comes in, it deals damage equal to its power to a creature. So it's like a scalable Flame Tongue card. Mm. And because we're a cutting edge, right on the edge of it, I'm pretty sure it was just today that they. Uh, Announced Prismatic Ending, which is certainly an interesting card. Uh, well, certainly for EDH it will be. It's just a single white X. Converge, exile, target, non-land permanent if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colours of mana spent to cast this spell. So you can get rid of a soul ring for one white, which is pretty cool. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. I had not seen that. But there you go. It's so cutting edge. Even we don't know about these cards. It's hot off the press. That's. It's probably just because you aren't in a bunch of commander chats on Messenger, and so cards like that don't get talked about much outside of those chats. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to consider whether that would, whether how playable that would be. Well, and... at sorcery speed, it's it's like. Path to Exile, right? But with no downside for a for a one drop. Other than the fact that it's sorcery, not instant, which is a huge difference. Yeah, well, yeah but also so it's path that only hits a one drop. That's a pretty big difference. No, 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 no. Because if if it's turn two and you've got a blue and a white, you cast it on a two drop. Yeah. But then, it, but then later in the game, it doesn't exile their Omnath, and it never exiles their primeval type. Well, it can it certainly can do their Omnath if, if you're playing the mirror. Only, only if your deck has four colors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes, no, you're right. No, it never exiles anything actually game-ending. So. 
and it, it's, it seems unplayable at sorcery speed, right? Like, it seems terrible. Uh, I don't know how much difference instant would make. I'm just concerned about it. Not, I mean, it'd be much better instant, but mm. yeah, but it's I just com- think it'll miss so much. Yeah, if you are three colors or so, I think yeah, it's potentially a catch-all for the first three turns of the game. I guess. Uh, what else have we got here? Cabal Coffer's got a reprint. Very nice. Lands look cool. Apparently, they're gonna have foil lands too, which is uh, a first. So. Oh, really? That's cool. They've also announced uh, they have the enemy paint, enemy paint, enemy fetch lands, including an old border. That's correct. Which are very, they, I think they look really nice. Yep. Counterspell back in modern. Uh, oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. What do you guys think of this Urza Saga card? Because I hear so many varying views on this. What, what, what's your takes on this? It's a land saga, um, enchantment land, Urza Saga. Uh, stage one, Urza Saga gains add colorless. Stage two, Urza Saga gains pay two, tap it, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token. With this creature, gets one plus one plus one for each artifact you control. And stage three is search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Is that playable in modern for you, modern players? What do you think, Trent? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't know. It's it's a very hard card to evaluate. I think that's actually a pretty good take. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where you can talk about it till the cows come home, but until you've actually got one out there and you're like, "Wow, this sucks," or "Oh my god, I can go get this now." It's either an A or an F for nothing in between. Yeah. Correct. I would agree. I'm sure people will try it in Eldrazi Tron, and we'll find out very quickly whether it's... I I would tend to think that it is not high enough impact for any particular existing deck. Um, Mox Opal not being around doesn't help it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it could be busted in some way, but I, yeah, I'm not ready to say anything about it just yet. Yeah, and I'd have thought that by now as well, like, you know, if you were a pro and a played El- or had any interest in something like Eldrazi Tron, I'm sure you've proxied it and had a massive amount of testing with it. And no one's come out and said, yeah, this thing's uh, broken in half. So I tend to think that it's probably not going to be. I don't know. I don't think people are really doing much proxy testing before the full set's been revealed and without huge, like, modern... Oh, I'd have thought for a card like that they would. There's no incentive to do that, though. Yeah, no, there's no incentive to proxy it. There's no tournaments to play. Sure, that's true. Sorry to put a damper on everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's no tournaments to play. So there's no reason for anyone to do any testing. It'll just come out and people will play it and that'll be that. Yeah, I tend to agree. Buy the shiniest, shiniest cards and MTG finance their way into another successful set. Awesome. What else, boys? I've been playing a lot of Legacy Cube. That's been super sweet. Got my first three on a uh, Moto Cube, which is nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, well done. Thank you. Did you play the Hex Drinker? Yeah, man. It got me across the line. Uh, yeah, it legitimately in all my games was a uh, one mana plus <clears throat> seven, uh, six, six progenitus. It breaks every mirror. It breaks every bit of interaction, pretty much, other than Wrath, which... You know, it's not that hard to play around. And, uh, 
you turn it into a 6-6 and they pretty much just concede because what can they do? You just win the game. Well, that was my experience in those three. So I'm probably, I'm willing to accept that I'm probably being a little bit results-oriented here. Uh, but I found it to be extremely strong. Uh, yeah. And that was that was the one that got me across the line. I then ended after that, directly after that, built what I thought was the sickest Demir Legacy Cube deck I've ever built. Uh, and the first two games was just the most easy peasy 2020. Uh, and I thought, sweet, I'm going to like double trophy in a row. Um, it, it then just got done by like, I don't know, it was by the guy that's like at the top of the trophy charts that is on 19 trophies or something for the Legacy Cube. Um, and I don't know how watching him play and the deck that he'd built, I was like, man, I got a lot to learn. Like this is whack. It was like five colors, you know, everything from like Liliana of the Veil to, uh, Elspeth conquers death or something. And you like, and, and playing a raging ravine and you're like, how is this possible? Like, how is this deck functioning? But it would be, I would do a thing and he would just haymaker answer it. I would do a thing, haymaker answer it. Like, you know, whether that haymaker is a literal haymaker of something like Elizabeth Congress death or just the, some awesome enchantment removal or something like who plays that weird card, but he just had them all, but constantly had everything that said his mana was insane. Like every single card was a jewel land. So I don't know, maybe the, the, a one strategy, which you know I have heard is is fine, is prioritize land above all else, and the rest will just fall into place. That is definitely a legitimate strategy in a lot of cubes, especially I think Legacy is the nice sweet spot. Exactly, where if you just you take all the lands really really highly because basically all the spells are good. Yeah, exactly, I think that's especially true in Legacy. It's less true in Vintage because the very top spells are so much better than the rest, and the amount. Yeah, I mean, especially you can't. If you're drafting a specific archetype that needs a key piece of its combo, you can't then take a land above that specific combo piece if, if there's a good chance it's yes. not going to wheel. Whereas I think Legacy and especially modern cubes on Magic Online tend much to, more towards rewarding you for taking lands really, really highly because there's more of a plateau in the spell quality. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's just a lot of high-value good stuff. Um, and your problem is going to be is that you can't cast most of it. So if you prioritize being able to cast it, it seems to do you pretty well. Exactly. But yeah, he uh, swiftly dispatched me for uh, yeah 0-2 in the last game. So didn't get there. The, uh, the old 2-1 train rolls on. Well, we look forward to hearing more about your cube exploits. Although I imagine Legacy Cube probably only has a week left. I think it does. Exactly. Yeah, I've got to get back in there and start cubing it immediately. It's super addictive. Very cool. It, it, yeah, there's just so many of those cards in there that are just like, as I say, just super high value, super high, you know, stuff going on, massive, you know, power level kind of, or even on their own, that when you open that first pack, it's like, wow, what are we going to do? And then you pick the Hex Drinker because you want to win. <laughs> yep. I think that might be all we've got on for this week. Slightly shorter episode. Good to chat to you, boys. Mm, very good. Do we need to do this when it's not on a Monday night so we're off, done from work? 
No, I think it's just all, like, there's a fair lull in the magic at the moment too, right? Like, there's not really much reason to be doing, um, basically anything, which makes it, it does make, uh, content creation week to week kind of, uh, kind of difficult. And then, yeah, you tack on just the fact that, yeah, people work their ass off and can make things, uh, make things a little bit of a lull. We just need more tournaments. We just need, uh, things to talk about. So, yeah. Mm. People get out there and make bloody tournaments so we can <laughs> play in them. Well, I'll be back next week with tales of either victory or woe from modern and all of the, I'm sure, very complicated plays I make with prowess. It'll be woe. It'll <laughs> just be woe. Would you do me a favor, Ian, while you're there and write down the decks everyone's on so that I know what to, what to build for my glorious tournament? For your final. That's right. The final, yeah. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll come back with a detailed tournament report. Thank you so much. Walk you Just what, what variation of <laughs> Tron lands you're going to play? No, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm genuinely, I'm not going to play Tron this time. How many uh-huh. times have I told myself uh-huh. that? I uh-huh. mean, before you were trying to convince us you were going to play a standard deck. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm very cut out for this tournament business. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Wait, when were you when were you playing a standard? No, no, no. This is one, one of the no. one of the decks that I linked, saying, "How about I play this?" That oh. all fins one. Yeah, says that, that's a standard deck. Yeah, I right. did not. Yeah, yeah I was just yeah. trying to <laughs> rip stuff off the site before. Uh, yeah, pr- probably probably don't do that. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, thank you for listening. This has been the Faction Podcast, and we'll be back next week. See you then. Goodbye, people.